Daphne's turn. Since Teddy's death, she slept on his side of the bed, so that in the morning she'd look out through the bay of the bedroom window, imagining she saw what he'd seen. She was aware of the dip in the mattress his body had moulded and thought of his head on the same pillow. It eased the ache of missing him, which tumbled like a stone inside her. Through his illness, he described the daily changes of the cherry tree outside to her, observed its spreading branches, the way it caught the light, its buds and blossoms through the seasons. They'd rarely closed the curtains as they weren't overlooked at the front. Sundays were the quietest days when she'd lie in bed for longer, listening. The piping of a blackbird's song, the whinny of a horse, breeze stirring the cherry tree. The froth of pink blossom was long gone, the leaves starting to change from green to deep red. It would not be long before they fell. On Sundays, there wasn't agitation of rush-hour cars, and traffic on the bypass was more hum than roar. Village children weren't chattering as they made their way to the bus stop for school. Even the family who'd recently moved next door weren't yet up. Teenage arguments and pounding music hadn't begun to penetrate the party wall. Yes, in some ways she liked Sundays best. As she made her breakfast, two slices of toast and marmalade, tea poured from a pot into a china cup, the sun came out. A wedge of light lit the patio area, so she loaded a tray and took her meal outside. The back garden had been neglected. She should mow the lawn one last time before the winter. However, it seemed a shame. The grass was long but brightened by shaggy golden dandelions. They were a cheerful flower and she could never resist blowing the clocks they left, reminding her of childhood days when life had been simple. She and Teddy had often talked about planting a tree but could never agree on what to choose. There were so many options for a small garden. Across the fence was a mighty oak tree which they loved. It was always a topic of conversation when they'd sat in the garden, never failing to amaze with its perpetual cycle of change. She returned to the kitchen, switched on the radio before washing up. Pushing her sleeves up, she noticed a brown scab on her forearm. It was the size and shape of her thumbprint. She put her finger on it, feeling its roughness. It reminded her of a knot in wood. It didn't hurt or irritate. She didn't think any more about it, as her attention was taken up by a politician making a statement on a radio programme. Oh, don't be ridiculous, she shouted. The radio panel ignored her outburst. You agree with me, don't you, Teddy? She looked at his photo, sitting on the windowsill, smiling at her. She'd given up worrying about talking to Teddy, knew she wasn't going mad. Of course, Teddy hadn't always agreed with her. He liked to play the devil's advocate. Sunday was a day for a little housekeeping, watching a film in the afternoon, a hand or two of patience and an early bath before bed. As she dried herself, she noticed other brown scabs on her legs and stomach. 
Perhaps she should make an appointment with the doctor. Every weekday she walked to the country park, taking a route through the streets of the village. They'd moved here when first married, 50 years ago. It hadn't changed much. Some new front doors and double glazing, an extension or conservatory. There was still a corner shop. It was a mini supermarket now. The young cashiers were polite, but didn't talk much, unlike Mrs Brown in the old days. She liked the familiarity of the walk, the one that had been their daily ritual when Teddy was alive. Going through the metal gates into the park, she decided on which route to take, clockwise or anti-clockwise, and started a circuit to the lake at the top. The trees were smouldering into yellow and amber. Spent horse chestnut husks littered the ground. She looked for a shining brown conker, but there were none left today. If she'd found one, she'd have picked it up, smoothed it in her fingers, then left it by the willow at the far side of the lake. That's where she sat, on Teddy's bench, the metal plaque winking in the sunshine. They'd started to come here in the early days of their marriage, making plans, imagining bringing a family for picnics, teaching them the names of the trees and plants. But children hadn't come. She looked up at the willow tree that rose beside her. Leaves, which last week had been silvery, were now glinting gold in the slant of sunshine through its boughs. Its trunk reached out, bending into the water, trailing its leaves to make dimples in the surface, whispering as it moved. On one of its branches, there was an oval mark, so like an eye, she could never curb the feeling that it was watching her. This was where she had sprinkled Teddy's ashes. She reached to pat the tree trunk and noticed another crusty brown scab on the back of her hand. She remembered Teddy stroking her skin. She could almost sense his touch. Like alabaster, he'd murmured. As soon as she got home, she phoned the doctor's surgery. The receptionist said, The doctor is only seeing urgent cases at the moment. Is it urgent? Well, no, but can you take a photo on your phone, send it in? Uh, I don't have a mobile. What about a friend, a son, daughter? No, there's nobody. Well, I could suggest a video call on your computer, but not to worry. Daphne was going to say she might be able to do a video call on her PC, given a bit of time to work on it. But the receptionist was already saying, phone again if the symptoms deteriorate. And the line beeped her dismissal. The following week after a bath, she noticed her toenails had turned a strange colour, yellowed, thick and horny. They didn't hurt, though, as long as she didn't put on shoes or slippers. She took to walking in the house barefoot, amused by the tick-tack-tick sound of her nails against the tiles. She did a tap dance to a song on the radio and laughed. She hadn't danced for such a long time. Teddy had loved to jive with her, spinning her around until she was dizzy, 
her long auburn hair swirling in a cloud. Though her hair was grey now, when she closed her eyes, it felt the same, brushing through the air. In the mornings, she started to find it more difficult to climb out of bed. Her joints were stiff and aching. Her skin continued to scab in bigger areas of brown, so it was no longer supple. As she washed up her breakfast crockery, her arms began to cramp. Tomorrow, she'd have to phone the doctors again. The Sunday chat show was in full swing when she switched the radio on. People were chuntering about the news and what should be done. She tried to speak, say, Rubbish, rubbish, what are you talking about? But the sound was merely a croak. Her, th her throat felt rough and rusty. She tried another sentence, but she could only whisper. She wouldn't be able to speak to the doctor's receptionist unless her throat eased before tomorrow morning. She made a cup of lemon tea with honey to take outside. Perhaps it would relieve her throat and the sunlight might help her skin. She shuffled to the back door, then sat and sipped her tea. A great tit called from the fence and chirruped, Do it, do it, as if encouraging her walk further. Easing herself up out of the chair, she hobbled down the garden. The branches of elder and the land eye hedging swayed like a welcoming wave. Brambles and swathes of ivy reached out long shoots as if trying to embrace her. A tightening in her chest that she hadn't even been aware of relaxed as she soaked up the scent and sounds around her. Her lungs moved in steady, rhythmic motion, her breaths deep, absorbing the garden essence. She liked the sound its exhalation made. It reminded her of the whisper of the willow tree. On the lawn, the grass came up to her ankles. She knocked dandelion clocks and their down floated like ash. When she paused, it seemed quite natural that her rooty nails wriggled down into the earth. She laughed because the soil tickled as her toes bedded in. Though her feet were fixed, she found she could sway, dancing with the breeze, her hair thickening into twigs, twisting about her. As it got darker, she felt no impulse to move back to the house. She watched as the full harvest moon made her limbs glow silver. The next day it rained, but she was well protected with her crusty bark. The drops danced on her, pattering a tune which was soothing, reminding her of the way Teddy's heart beat in rhythm with hers when they'd made love, refreshing, healing. She closed her eyes and felt them begin to seal. This made her anxious as she wanted to be able to see. But though her vision altered, per perception of light and movement remained. Time appeared to matter less without the need to wake and sleep. She was centred and content. Although she couldn't speak, she gradually became aware of networking. It began as a tremble in her roots, as if electric wiring had connected. Words weren't spoken. But she was sure the question, 
are you all right? was asked by the oak in the next garden. She responded yes, by a mechanism she didn't understand. Thus, in time, she was introduced to other local trees, had many a long conversation. It might have been spring when she received a message from a willow in the country park.